And, and I just want to talk to that a little bit. We've been talking about contending for, uh, contending for things. And uh, I just want to speak to you a little bit today about the, the Lord's Prayer. He said to us, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, let your name be holy, hallowed. And then he said this little thing, and, and, and it, it's really the, the core of what we do. Your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth like it is in heaven. That's really, what, that's, that's really all I want us to get this morning. Is that what Jesus was saying is, how it is in heaven, so on the earth. Jesus came from heaven. He was the man from heaven. And so when he walked around the earth and he saw a thing that didn't look like heaven, he said, hey, this, this is not how this is supposed to be. It ought to be like this. Think how good this would be if it were like that. And that's what Jesus did. When uh, I was in uh, deep in the heart of Central Africa, I was the first white man that many of them had seen. We got back in the woods, you know, and um, on our ride back there, it was just chaos. There was, I felt so far away from home. I was out of my element. You know, I was the white face for who knows how many miles. And, and I was back in the jungle and we went, they had to stop and get the four wheel drive going. And all the little children were calling their friends, come look at this guy. There's a white guy, you know. And so I was way out in the back and um, it was a long ride. And I just remember just, you know, in this bumpy little four wheel drive going back up in the mountains. And I was thinking to myself, man. You know, if you put me out here, I would not even know how to begin to turn around and go home, you know. And uh, after feeling so alien in this place, as I, we topped the hill, we got close to the place we were going. When we topped the hill, I heard this sound. And it was the sound of praises. And it was the church we were going to. It was an outdoor church. But the people were praising, and they were praising in a language I didn't understand, but I knew what that was. I suddenly... I felt at home. I, I had been in this real, just feeling, having this real alienated feeling. And, but when I came over, I thought, now, this smells like home. This is kind of, kind of like home. You know, that's what a blessing is. When you get a, something, you say, well, that was a blessing. All that is, is a piece of heaven. It's just a little whiff of heaven you're getting. And Jesus, what he's saying is here is, is I want things to be like they are there. Down here. When he says, you pray, when it's your turn to pray, here's what you pray. God, let your name be hallowed in the earth and let your kingdom, what's going on up there, let's have some of that down here. Amen? And so that's what, that's kind of what um, I want to talk to you about today. I just, I just want to look at Jesus. Jesus is the model, you know. He's the model and, and we, we can watch him go and you'll see what he does. You could look at his whole ministry and you can qualify it just like this. He was just bringing heaven to earth. That's all he did. Let's look at a few examples. In um, uh, uh, with Peter's mother-in-law, it's classic. He walks in, and what what he exp and I, I need to do this fast. So if, if you'll be fast, if you'll listen fast, I'll talk fast, and we'll understand fast. Okay, that's bad English, but that's what we're going to do. Uh, he walked in, and Peter's mother-in-law. What he was expecting to find was that she was going to serve them. She was going to. It was going to be a party. He walked in, he was looking for a healthy, but what she had a fever. He was looking for a festive atmosphere, but she was suffering. She was supposed to be up doing things, but she was in bed. You see, she was out of order. 
Jesus came in and he was expecting order, the order of heaven. There was an order in place, but it was not the order that was supposed to be. How many of you know situations in your own life or the lives of the people around you? You walk across situations, you say, you know, this isn't right. This just isn't right. This shouldn't be this way. Come on. You know what I'm saying? There's things you look at and you go, you know, this shouldn't be like this. How do you know that? Where do you get that sense from? It doesn't come out of your mind. It just, it's in us. We know what it's supposed to be like. And that's what Jesus is saying. Father, let your kingdom come here in this situation. So here's Peter's mother-in-law and she's uh, down, sick, suffering. So Jesus rebukes the fever. He says he got down and he bent over her and he, to the fever, he rebuked it. What is rebuke? What does it mean when you rebuke something? That's what we're talking about, contending. He said, no. Fever said, I'm going to be a fever. And he said, no, you're not. Healthy is what I'm saying. Not in bed, suffering, up serving. That's the way it ought to be. Jesus said, I know what it's like. And how many fevers in heaven? How many laying in bed suffering in heaven? That is not the order of heaven. And we need to become jealous for the order of heaven. So when we come across our situations, we say no. That's what it means to rebuke. To rebuke is to say no. Uh, no is a powerful wor word. Jesus, uh, you know, we, we've heard of binding and loosing. He said, whatever you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose out on the earth will be loose in heaven. What that means is if you permit it, it's permitted. But if you forbid it, it's forbidden. You say you're the gatekeeper. And so Jesus, when he came over, here's this woman. She's got a fever. He said, no, I don't permit this. And what happened? Heaven came to earth. This is our ministry. And if we ever learn it, we're going to become dangerous people. Have you got that thing queued up? We got a video. Oh, I got a thumbs up. Let's watch. This is from this is from The Matrix. One of the greatest movies ever made. Go. Roll it. He's the one. Did you see what he did? He just said no. He didn't yell, he just said no. Cuz he realized that he was the one. Well, you are the one. And I am the one. What, how did Jesus commission us? He said, go preach the good news and what? Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. That's Go set things in order. No is a powerful word. And we should get used to saying it. When you look around and you see something's out of order, particularly in your own life, the life of your family, the life of your friends... You need to stand up and say, no, no, sir, not going to be here. We're going to have the order of heaven here, right? What's heaven? The kingdom is a matter of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what it says in Romans 4, 17, righteousness, peace. So you walk into a situation, if there's not righteousness, it's time that you step up and say, no, sir, not going to be here. If there's not peace, if there's not joy, you walk into a place and somebody's depressed. No, sir. Do you know you can't have joy and be depressed? 
at the same time. Come on. That's not possible. And so if there's depression there, it's not the kingdom. The kingdom is a matter of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's what we contend for. So we walk into these situations. Watch Jesus. Uh, by the way, when it says resist the devil and he will flee, what does it mean resist? No. This, that's, that's what we mean by contending. All this, you know, you may have heard contending and didn't know what all that means, but that's really all just it means. If somebody comes to take something, it's yours. You say, no, sir, it's mine. That's contending. Uh, look at, look at Jesus in, um, uh, when he walked into the temple, this is a good one. He's going into the temple and what's he expecting? Jesus is going to the house of worship, house of prayer. And he's coming up. You can just imagine him going, yeah, man, going up to the temple. Here we go. It's going to be, people are going to be in love with God. There's going to be worship. It's going to be praise. It's going to be, it's going to be as close to heaven on earth as I can get here. But when he walks in, he hears buying and selling and trading and people cheating and commerce and marketplace where there should be temple. And so what does Jesus do? He makes a whip out of cords, deliberation. He planned. He was over there making his whip going, wait till I get over there. Coming right there for you, baby. And he made his, he on purpose, he didn't just find one. You get that? He knew what he was doing. He made his whip and he went in there and he started kicking things. If you were there, you would have been a little freaked out. He was, it says, he was knocking the tables over and throwing the money. There was money and animals running and people. Now, when he got done, it was a house of prayer. There was a hush and a quiet and people were like, ooh. Now, it was a little chaotic in the meanwhile. Sometimes bringing the kingdom is violent. The kingdom of heaven advances violently. And it's the violent who take it by force. And Jesus came in and he violently put in a new order. You see it? He came and it was out of order. And when he left, it was in perfect order. That's what we do. That's what we do with the lives of people around us, with our own lives, with the lives of our children. Uh, we walk into a situation and we fix it. Um, I, that was a funny story. I had not heard from uh, George about the ear thing. I knew something happened, but I didn't know that happened. That was funny. Um, we had a, a situation. I was in Honduras. And uh, while I was there, this uh, I went and preached in this service. And usually in those kind of services where I preach, God just comes in power. And I mean, it, it really, that was just normal. We had just done those kind of meetings and, you know, people are on the ground. There's demons cast out. There's, there's, you know, just big things. Well, this one, I felt that I, I was, I could, I knew the anointing was there and I, I felt like something was going on. But every time I preached a little bit and I started to pray for people and they just stand there, I was like, well, this is kind of odd. So I prayed for the next one, and they just stand there. And I, I told them, I said, y'all, let let's just stop a minute. I don't know what to tell you. Can we pray? I said, I feel like God's trying to break through and do something, but I don't know. I've never had this happen before. And we prayed, and, you know, they were earnest and kind and good people, and we prayed together. And I just told them, I said, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, we, I feel like God's trying to do something. Just keep praying. And so I walked out of there shaking my head and I thought, well, now that was the biggest dud of a meeting. 
I thought, I, you know, I've never, I, I was like, I, I could tell God was on the verge of doing something, but it, it just, to me, seemed like nothing. So we're getting in the cabin. Before we go, the guy, the pastor says, hey, before we leave, there's a lady up here I want you to come pray for. I said, all right. So we walked up there. It's pitch black up in this neighborhood. And uh, we come in this little room, and there's this little tiny woman, smallest woman I guess I've ever seen, a little scrawny, laying on this little bed. And she's got a big oxygen tank hanging. They, they don't have the little ones. We have the big ones, you know. And she's laying there. And they didn't say anything, and I wasn't fluent in Spanish at that time. And I just said, all right. So I just took her hands, and I started to pray for her. And I just said, Lord, you know what's wrong with her. Fix it. And uh, she took my hands, she sat up, and she took my hands, and she lifted my hands up in the air. And, you know, she was just praising the Lord or something. She took off her little oxygen thing, and I thought, well, hallelujah, whatever, you know. So I went back to the cab and went back to the hotel, and I thought, well, just what a bust. What a bust of a night. You know, I have no idea what, I knew something was supposed to give. Well, the next day, I'm in the hotel, and the, uh, the guy, uh, who was my uh, translator, he, he is over there. I said, hey, man, what's going on he came over and his eyes were wide. He said, you don't have any idea, do you? I said, I don't know what you're saying. He said, that lady had been in that bed for eight months. And she, they said she'd never walk again. They said, and, and she's been laying there. She, she didn't have the strength. She's never sat up. She hasn't spoken. And the doctor said if she ever took that thing out, she'd be uh, uh, dead. And he said, she has been running around the town all day today. And he said... Today, the whole town came to our church. And he said, the pastor's trying to talk to him. And they said, no, we don't want to talk to the pastor. We want to see Miracle Lady. Bring the Miracle Lady out. You know? And so that guy got to preach the gospel to that whole town. And it just, it just like broke out. And if I hadn't bumped into the translator, I'd still think that was a dud of a night. Do you see what I'm saying? And if Steve hadn't, I mean, George hadn't given a testimony, you know, who knows? But God is doing stuff. And it is just as simple as Neo says, no, I don't think so. I'm telling you, you have that kind of authority. You do speak into that life. Your father loves you. He is nuts about you. Talk about walk across the room. All you have to do is tell somebody. Who hugged this young lady? Who is the hugger? Is that you? Y'all hug each other. No, in general, hug each other, love each other, tell each other how much God loves you because we're all dying to hear it. And you know, it's true, but it just takes a walk across the room, not just to evangelize. I mean, that's that's awesome. But to set something straight, when you see somebody, they need something, go give it to them. Right. Because Jesus said, you saw me hungry, but you didn't feed me. You saw that I had a need, but you didn't. Well, go on and do it. Get up, walk across the room. Go tell somebody. And when you see a situation like Jesus did, fix it. All right, we're almost out of time. Uh, uh, the uh, demoniac, the guy with all the demons in him. Jesus came up and here was this guy who was naked, could not be chained, cutting himself with stones, lived among the tombs, he whacked out of his head. Just crazy. His life was a, a complete wreck. But Jesus, when he got done with him, the man was dressed in his right mind, sitting at Jesus' feet. Do you see? 
And there's countless stories. You know, uh, there's the deadly storm. What did Jesus say? He got up and said, no. He rebuked the wind and the waves. And he says, it's not going to be like this. What we need is a band of people who love the kingdom, who are jealous for the order of heaven, and who say, this is going to be not like this, but like that. That's how he said to pray. The master said, when you pray, pray like this. God, bring that here. What you got going there, we need that going down here. And you can apply that to anything. To anybody. You got an unruly teenager? Hey, order of heaven. You say, no, sir, not going to be that way. So here's a few, here's a few, I'm sorry I have to cut it so short, but here's a few uh, uh, things I think we ought to contend for. Number one, start in your own backyard. You can't go and make the world into the kingdom when, you, you know, if my yard is dirty and I come to you and say, let's clean your yard, you'd say, uh, dude, yeah, I'm all about us having clean yards, but won't you, let's go back and before you make this task force for me, let's go get you going. Start with you. Make sure there's a kingdom in your life. Look at your own heart, your life, your conduct, your intentions, your love, your motivations. Right? Let the order of heaven start in, around, in my atmosphere. Right in my space. Amen? And then I'll start helping. You know what Jesus say? If you take that thing out of your eye, you know, how would you like that? If you, you know, it's got this thing. Here, let me, I'm going to help you with that. Let me, come here. I'm going to, you know, you'd be like, oh, dude, don't touch me until you... Uh, you know, you can't even see to get to me, much less help me get something out of my eye. Contend for righteousness, peace, and joy. And I'm just going to spit these at you. I want you to, to get them. Righteousness. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness. Contend for that in your own life. Be free of everything that binds you. Jesus said, you know, don't, don't let, let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That's what Paul said. Uh, you know, let's be free from habits, free from sin, secret sin, compromise. For peace... Let's have peace among us. How many does it take to gossip? One to talk and one to listen, right? Don't be either. Let's have peace among us. Amen? Let's have a situation where there's not disorder, uh, but peace. No division. No unforgiveness. Please forgive. You have been forgiven. Freely forgive others. Um, busyness is an enemy of peace. Slow down a little bit. You know? Um, joy in the Holy Ghost. Like I said, depression. I'm telling you, I'm on the, I'm on the war path with depression. Depression makes the hair on the back. I say, hey, this is too good. If you're depressed, you didn't hear it right. You're missing it. This is good. I mean, if I suffer, it's glory. If things don't go well, it's glory for me. If I die, I'm promoted. Hello, what part of this do you not get? My sins are forgiven. I'm done. I, there's nothing bad that can happen to me. My friend, I had a funeral of a friend of mine this week. And, uh, you know, my wife said to me, you know, he made it. He made it. He finished his race. If you're depressed, come on. The enemy's attacking you. You have to be supernaturally attacked in order to be depressed if you're a Christian. You understand what I'm saying? Because we have the good news. Seriously. So, uh, contend for joy in the Holy Ghost. Stress, worry, anxiety. These things want to have us. But we are a people who have been given the authority to say no. We're the ones who can say, no, sir. Not going to have it. 
Fathers, you can say, not in my house. Mothers, you can say, nuh-uh, children not going to be that way. And kids, you can say, no, sir. We can, we're going to do it this way in my house. We're going to have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen? We're out of time. Be contenders for the kingdom. Say no. I need people in my life that will look at my life and where I'm out of order, come and say no for me. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that I can, the people that love me enough to say, you know, Lance, I see this right here and this is just not heaven. Let's fix that. Let's do that. Did you want to lead a response? Wow. That was a good word and, and very compact. Thank you so much, Lance. Good job. <laughs>